0: When I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Luke Wilson, who works with an incredible Christian ministry called Fishers of Men, working with people with addictions. Does a lot of street ministry, and we've got him on the line right now. Uh, welcome along, Luke. Tell us a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised? Thanks,
1: Oh, I was born in um, mm. Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. lived there most of my life. You know? And of course, I backpedaled and um, I went on the wrong track and destroyed my life. But um, God had a different plan. He brought me back into His purpose, into His plan, and uh, led me to a great ministry called Fishers and Men. And I've been working with them now for the th- for three years. Yeah, you know, well, basically two years because one year I was in the program, but two years I've been helping them, being a support worker and a leader, and helping all the other boys. And
0: wonderful, mate. We're going to find out a bit more about Fishers of Men shortly, but tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you have like a religious upbringing at all?
1: No, I can't say I had a religious upbringing, even though my parents were, um, they sort of had the Roman Catholic sort of past, but they didn't follow the, in the ways, you know. Actually, uh, were you know, away from the faith, but I was really away. Uh, my mum was a tarot card reader, and um yeah. They were dealing drugs, you know, and stuff like that, you know, so they were drug dealers and they kept everything else away from us children, but um, me being me, inquisitive, and I was a little thieving little brat going you know, looking for my birthday and Christmas presents and I was fine weed and, you know, and so I started that at a very young age and it destroyed my life, you know, but, um, yeah, you know, I don't blame them, I blame my own stupidity because I was the one who actually opened myself up to that, you know, and a lot of people might blame them but I can never blame my parents. You know, it actually tells you in the Bible to honor your parents, you know, and um so yeah, that's what I do. I honor them now and um I thank them for what they try to do with us children but we just went the wrong way in life and we wanted it all to be our way. You know what I mean? And, um it can't be that you know it's a two way street and you know, we have to love our parents and they have to love us. Yeah, and they did love us but they're loving us the right way. They taught us, you yeah, know, not to thieve, not to steal, you yeah, know, not to use drugs, you yeah, know. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But um I think, yeah, a lot of people can say hypocrisy when they're doing the same thing, you know, but um, they did try, they tried their best, and I was disobedient and wanted to run around and do my own thing, hurting people, bashing people, and, yeah, I just had no respect for authority, and it was all about me, I was a very selfish person. Yeah, I praise God that now he's woken me up to that, and I went from not knowing God to hating God, so if you're hating something, you know it has to be real, and then from that, I actually, you know, became a warlock. Uh, back in 2006, and one because I've been in that jail for 10 years. 2006, I was in Arthur Goy Correctional Center in B2, Gonna you know, B2. And he was a Christian, so he was actually in there for murder. Uh, but he was preaching the Bible to me every day. And I'm there to tell him, get out of my face. Uh, a lot of vulgar language and that, but you know, tell him, get away from me. Otherwise yeah, i are going to kick his guts in. But um, he kept persevering. Yeah? And um, I was weak at the time and I took the opportunity. I seen his back turn, so I set him on fire. Well, praise God, you know, when I turned around, the fire's out. You know, I look back at it now and I believe it was the Lord to put it out. Well, I only just found out on Sunday, you yeah, know, so I left church. I go to Rima Family Church in Springwood. I left church and I was driving out the street and one of my brothers came around the corner. So I was waving to him, you yeah, know, and another car behind him and both cars pulled up on the side of the road. Well, something told me I had to do a U-turn. So I've done a U-turn. I just drove straight back into the church car park and my mate jumped out of the car and gave him a hug. Yeah, next minute, the other fella jumped out of his car. I'm going, I know you. And you know me. my God, was going, yeah, that's Phil, he's a lifer. And straight away, I was taken back, I'm like, I no know. And he turned around, Phil's asked me, he's going, where do you know me from? I've gone, Arthur to Correctional Centre, 2006, Unit B2. I've gone, I was the one who set you on fire. Straight away, you know, I was crying and um, I was asked for his forgiveness, you know, and Seeked his forgiveness and he forgave me. He gave me a big hug and um, he told me the true story of what actually happened. I thought, yeah, God put the fire out. Well, it was actually himself. He actually put the fire out himself with his hand. He put his hand behind his back, put it out. Well, it was an iron jumper, so it was plastic all stuck to his hand. Well, lo and behold, we've all gotten locked down. It wasn't because of that incident, it was because of another incident. We've gotten locked down in a cell and he's in the cell and he's wrapped his hand And mind you, it's got plastic all over it, and it's burning. So he's wrapped his hand with a cloth, and he's there just praying, he's laying prostrate, praying to God, praying and praying and praying. Well, the Lord, he felt the fire burn through his hand, and it wasn't the fire from the actual flames, you know, from the burn. It was the Holy Spirit fire. When he took the cloth off his hand, his hand was healed, praise God, ah. Yeah, but yeah it was just amazing that he was able to actually forgive me for my stupidity and because um, it's one of my stupid claim to is you know, like I've been told people you know, before I was a Christian I used to bash him. I used to, you know, that's who I used to be, I, I didn't like anyone coming and tell me what to do, you know, I didn't tell me about faith, you know, don't tell me about faith, you because know? I had faith in all the wrong things you know, I thought I knew everything you know, and um but, yeah, I praise God that you've got people like that who are speaking to people's lives, and, you know, in the long run, God's going to bring it to fruition. You know, let's praise God that He's, yeah, He's mm-hmm. helped me to see the errors of my, my ways and he's, he's teaching me the right way in life, and it's beautiful.
0: Well, mate, it's been an amazing story of transformation. Um, yeah. let, let's go back to your conversion experience. How how did you come to Christ?
1: I came to Christ by, okay, so I was a drug dealer, so I used to be a neighborhood dope dealer now in front of a neighborhood hope dealer. But, um,. Well, I was dealing drugs in the jail and just get back to the same thing. And um, I got blessed with the jail sentence back in 2017. First was actually a drug raid, so I got raided in Kingston. It was like, I don't know, the Lord actually stopped me from reloading, you know, because so, I never had under 10 pound of weed, never had under an ounce of rock, you know, so ice. You know, all my guns were gone, everything like that, so I had no guns or nothing like that. And I um, just had my swords sort of sharpened up. Yeah, you know, it had to me last three quarters of weed, which is weed. and you know, I'd always, you know, load up as soon as I had, you know, only a pound left. But the rock would always have that reloaded, but I only had about an eight ball left for this 3.5 grams. And three quarters is, you know, what is, that's about 21 grams. You know, so I had that left and someone rang me up for an ounce and I told them, oh, no, I've only got three quarters left I can come and get that. Well, it's taken them a bit long, usually only about five, ten minutes, you know, but it took them at least, you know, half hour. I'm thinking, what's going on here, you know? Something's going on. And I knew if you had anything over 3.5, well, over two greens of rock, they can actually get you for supply. So I thought, okay, bang, I'll get that under two greens, you know, bang, so I mixed up a shot. And um, as I was about to put the shot away, I heard footsteps at my bedroom door and, yeah, bang, 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 it's the place, you know, Luke Benjamin Wilson, we have going to search warrant for you to search these premises. Bang, just quickly put the shot away through the needle in the bin and yeah, I've gone come in. You know, they got anything to clear, I've gone before he was coming, can I just grab this out of the bin? They're going, Yeah, not a problem. Put the put the cap on it, put in the sharps Now, fine, usually they'll charge you but they didn't, you know. Have they got anything else to declare? I've gone, Yeah, me rock's in the um black pouch there on the bed and I've gone, Here's my quarters, you can have that too, you know so they got me weed, got me ice. And yeah, then it was just a blessing from there because I got out of that house and I ended up going on the streets and I stole um, a gun off bikers, so they wanted me blood. Well, lo and behold, the 8th of April, 2017, I ended up getting locked up. Threatening violence, GBH, a lot of crimes I'd done. Um, well, it was actually loaded fire in public. Um, yeah, threatening violence, serious assault. Assault occasionally, body harm. Um, possession, possession of explosives, which is bullets. But yeah, lo and behold, um, and I'm getting locked up, of course, on the 18th of April, 2017. Well, the 23rd of April, I'm there training in the watch house. I'm there down in my hands and knees down i actually doing push-ups. And blah, 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 I've just heard this audible voice. You should not fear them, for Lord your God, I will fight for you. I was stood up and looked behind me. Nothing there. I'm just thinking I'm a crackhead going mental. So I just blew it off and got back down. I'm there doing diamond push-ups. Next minute, same word, more power, more authority. You should not... Fear them, for the Lord your God, I'll fight for you. Every hair on my body stood up, got this warm sensation over me. I've had to ask a question. I've gone, Who are you? He's gone, I'm your Lord, you want to change, leave me in your heart, and I'll change you. And from that day forward, I got delivered from alcohol, got delivered from drugs, got delivered from even tobacco. I started preaching love, peace, and um, first of all, got my head jumped all over. God actually even warned me about that, that I was actually going to get the beating. And um, I believe that I deserve, but I do now, now know that no one deserves a beating, no matter what, no matter what they've done. But, um, so this biker, when I got to Brisbane Crescent Centre on the 28th of April 2017, he's walking out of the and I'm walking in, being escorted in, and uh, straight away shook me hand. You know? He's gone, Luke, like Scotty, how are you? He's gone, we'll be talking as soon as you get back, All right? I'm going, yes, yeah, When I'm looking down at my hand because he's shaking my hand. In the, in the 1% world, if you actually shake you know, someone's hands, you can't go along and bash them, you know what I mean? Because business is done, deal is done. It all boils down to honour, loyalty and respect. But in, these world, in this world, there's none of it. You know? But lo and behold, he's gone to a visit. He's came back from the visit to the time to get in the laundry. I said, listen, man, I'm going to fight no more. We find days are over. And he's gone, okay, I'm going to jump all over your head. I'm going, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do that, you know? So he's put three of his best on me i just stood there and smiled, at him and that's the best you got, you better go. Yeah, but um, his mate's dragged off because the officers were about to come out. So he's going in the exercise yard and I'm going, I made myself a coffee and I walk out in the exercise yard Well, he just, you know, came straight up towards me. He's I want to tell you get in the laundry. I'm going to jump it over your head. I've turned on, that's what you're going to do, to do it. I'm going, I'm going to even kill you. I've turned on, that's what you're going to do, just do it, mate. Yeah, but have it this one? You just shake my hand, you put three of your best on me. What are you, a coward? Yeah, where's your phenomenon? Or are you a coward? that's what basically all caught him. He lost the plot. Took him over 18 hits to drop me. So um, when, I, actually, when I was dropping, he put knees into my head, and then he jumped over my me head. Meanwhile, back in 2013, I got told by doctors, one more hit in the head, I was dead. Cause I was in my bell, head first from the balcony in 2008. 2013, and I got past my best mate's young. So lo and behold, here I was in jail, and I decided, yeah, get me King James boy, Version Bible started reading that. I started preaching love. started preaching peace and um, telling people there was another way. And yeah, the only way to go is Jesus. And, um, yeah, like, people judge me. People condemn me. But my true brothers had me back, you know. A lot of people wanted to come at me. But um, true brothers who yeah, knew me, they have actually i got a little, we've got your back. If anyone comes for you, they have to go through the last of yeah, Thank you. But, yeah, it just changed my whole life. And so I spent a year in jail just studying the Bible. Um, I wrote it out. Um, I've write most of it out I've already written the New Testament I'm up to Numbers 17, the Old Testament and just been writing that i been on a bit of a break at the moment I haven't written any more of it But um, I'll start getting back into that
0: Well mate, I've it's a great testimony program. Of what God's done in your life And now you're helping others Get out of that lifestyle yes, With Fishers of Men yeah. Tell us what, what you do with Fishers of Men
1: Well with Fishers of Men I actually uh, feed the homeless um, So twice a week with them I actually go out and Feed the people in need uh, In Logan so we've got another uh, sect that actually does the city area. Uh, so does uh, Brisbane City, all the homes in there. But uh, we've also got uh, two rehabilitation centres. We call them discipleship houses, but other people in the world might call them rehabs. So we actually raise people from the Word of God to make, you know, make disciples, because you know, what Jesus told us is to go preach the gospel to all nations, making disciples, baptising them in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So that's what they do. They actually disciple people and uh, bring them out of their addictions and give them a foundation on the rock of Christ. So it's beautiful to see that people actually grow and they actually hand their life to Him and they go forward and um, they make it. You know, I've seen people go to Bible college and you know, they're still going to Bible college and they're doing well. You know, seeing others go out and they get married. You know, and they start a family. And it's just beautiful to see what God can do in people's lives. You know, the way I said, it, you no, know, it's too lost to be saved and no one's too broken, you know? no one's too broken. You know? And um, this God will restore all, no matter what. He's the only one who can, well, we lend our own strength and it's always going to fail us, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we just have to put our trust in Him and we'll receive. But um, we've got a furniture ministry too at Fishers of Men where we help uh, people in need with furniture. I've done a little bit of furniture, but I'm more the uh, food drop off as well, and more a support worker for the first stage house, the rehab. So I'm a leader in the second stage house but yeah, with the first stage house I'm um, the sport worker there, go help out and at the moment down in Ben Lee helping one of the brothers out with a court case and yeah, um, just trying to get things to come to the light and you know it's going to happen You know, because I believe our God is in control, He's sovereign God and all things have come to the light but Bobby and Brenwin, which is the men are beautiful people, they've got a half of the lost and they've been doing this for over 17 years now. Just what they've seen and what they've done is just amazing. and. um God just continue opens up doors and we keep praying for him to open more because we want to see many more people saved and I believe that will come to pass. I believe this is a year of the Spirit moving through every, every church, every building, every, and we are the church, you know, so it's moving through us all, and all bring us into unity and when brethren build together in unity, it commands a blessing.
0: Yeah, well Luke, it's so good to hear the passion in your voice and we know that um, your testimony is a, is evidence of a God that loves us and that can transform any life. Your mess has become your message, mate. It's an amazing testimony. Luke, I reckon yep. you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you very much, manager. God bless you, and you have a beautiful day, mate. If you'd like to hear this conversation
0: again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels, and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the Church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.
1: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.